Welcome to New Dentists on the Block, a podcast featuring new dentists sharing their experiences in the world of dentistry, successes, challenges, and life in between, navigating dentistry together one experience at a time. We are back with another guest, Dr. Rupert Monkhouse. Rupert is a general dentist based in London and has a particular interest in removable prosthodontics and shares his cases on Instagram at Dentist Rupert. He also hosts the Impression Club live podcast on Instagram. In this episode, we compare dental education in the UK and United States and how he has honed his skills in removable prost. Rupert has a ton of knowledge and has a passion in sharing that knowledge. Let's tune in. Rupert Monkhouse, welcome to New Dennis on the Block. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. Excited to have a bit of a chat today. Yes, me too. I'm so excited to have you on as a guest and to meet you in person. I'm obviously a fan. I follow you on Instagram uh, <laughs> and all the cool things you're doing, which is how you know we all meet, uh, I, I guess, now in, in this day and age. Uh, but Rupert, I would love if you would tell me and our listeners a little bit more about yourself and, and what you do in the realm of dentistry. Sure thing. So uh, yeah, my name's Rupert, Rupert Monk, as you said, or if you're following online, uh, social media and things, Dentist Rupert. Uh, I'm a general dentist uh, living in London, and I work in a place called Reading, which is about half hour, 45 minutes away from London, uh, in a private practice, uh, which is mostly a sort of specialist referral practice. Um, but we have sort of four or five of us generalists as well, and we all have our little little niches and and the bit that I enjoy the most is uh, is removable prosthodontics as you'll see and know if you if you follow me on online and uh yeah I do but I do you know a lot of general dentistry um but I'm lucky in the place that we're at that I don't have to do endo anymore I don't have to do perio so I can Amen. just sort of uh, <laughs> so I can just sort of niche in on on the bits that I like doing which is yeah mostly the removable stuff and, and a bit more of, of sort of wider pros as well Rupert, I would love if you would tell us a little bit about what the education looks like in London to get into dental school and what dental school looks like moving forward. Sure. Obviously, I think the the biggest difference for us compared to, to you guys is we can go straight in as an undergraduate uh, at 18, where you guys have got to do four years before, three years before of sort of yes. pre-med. Yeah. Um, yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, our... Our younger dentists are younger than your younger dentists because we yeah. start we start a little bit earlier. Now we have to do uh, we can do five years straight from the age of eighteen after leaving school or college or whatever you guys call it. Um, so we can go straight in at that point. So we generally can come out at, at twenty three. So we're actually a fair bit younger, I think, than you guys would be. What twenty seven or something? Probably yeah, the earliest. Twenty six, twenty seven, yeah. give or take. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, people still do another degree before and do a shorter course. But I think that's going to be the main difference. Maybe you guys have got a bit more perspective and things when you start start out. You're a bit further down the line than we are. But uh, we do five years at university and then we have something in the, the NHS, the National Health Service, a foundation year, a training year, essentially, where you get sort of allocated somewhere around the country to do your year of uh, sort of mentored training. Sort of it's structured. You have people in your area i got shipped up to the northeast to a lovely place called hull uh, which has a not so nice reputation but i'm absolutely ah. fantastic time up there uh wouldn't change it for the world um but you know for for me it was great we had a, a laboratory on site so i was hanging out with a clinical technician all the time uh and uh, we had a, a sedation contract as well so you know people in the area all of the northeast of, of Yorkshire who needed sedation because they were anxious, they got referred there. 
Uh, and then if they didn't have immediate dentures, I'd make some. So I think in a year I made about 60 pairs or something. So, you know, I got a lot of experience there. So that helped me to really push on my, my passion for removable, which which came from third year of undergrad when we started. I just had a really good teacher and, you know, you're one of those teachers that's just really enthusiastic and you just get sort of dragged along with it and you can't help but enjoy the subject. So went from there and then, yeah, the practice that I'm in now, I work with a phenomenal prosthodontist, implant prosthodontist, and yeah, it just, it just sort of fell into the right places to keep working with that with that passion. With the NHS, is this kind of like service in an underserved area? Is it more of a residency type kind of thing? Or what would you what would you say that is like really? So if you so you have to do that initial year if you want okay. to work in the NHS in any capacity. So if you want to just have a re- you can have a you have a contract here. It's probably a little bit crazy for, for you guys. Um, you have a contract here to do a certain amount of units of treatment. Um, you know, a checkup is a unit. If you do a filling, it's three units. If you do twenty fillings in a root canal and perio, it's still three units. Um, so you just pay for the most expensive thing, and you get paid for the most expensive thing. Um, so if you want to work in that clearly very uh, appetizing system that I've just sold to you there. Uh, you have to go and do this training year, but it's a nice structured year. You've got by sort of the whole program, you've got a mentor in the practice all the time to help you and do tutorials. And you meet up with, I don't know, 20 of the local other ones in the you know 50 mile radius every week and do a, a study day kind of thing. So oh, cool, it's, a re- cool. it's, it's, it's a really nice way to do that very first year as a, a proper new dentist to sort of get, get your feet under the table a little bit. Uh, and and all, you, all graduates go through that. Pretty much, unless you go straight into private practice, which unless mummy and daddy own it, ah, probably yeah. isn't going <laughs> to, probably isn't going to happen realistically. Uh, I mean, I started in my all private practice that I'm in now about two months after finishing that one year period. Um, but that was literally like alternate Saturdays kind of thing. And my five and a half other days a week, I was working in a fully NHS practice in, in London. So, you know, it takes that time to develop your skills, develop you know soft skills and clinical skills to, to get into that environment. So yeah, it's, it's quite a different system to you guys, which is essentially all sort of private or sort of hospitally based, I guess. Yeah, you, you have a kind of your say of, of where you want to go and what you want to go into. Um, but it sounds like they, they place you in a program. You don't have a whole lot of say of um, the area well, you'll be in. Oh, you do. You do a when you're in your final year. I think it's about the November time of the final year with the term finishing in sort of May, June. Uh, you do um, a sort of in- interview with uh, situational judgment tests, you know, ranking the most appropriate, most inappropriate and all that kind of okay. stuff. And then you get a national rank and then you rank all of the areas, the 50 areas of the country. And if you're number one, you get your first choice. And if you're number two, you get your first choice unless someone else has taken it and, and so forth. And yeah. Okay. I didn't, okay. Do, I didn't do very well. I ranked about 750th yeah, right. out of 900. So that's why I got shipped up to up to the Northeast <laughs> where no one else wanted to go apparently. But, you know, it, it sort of pushed me out of my comfort zone a bit. And yeah. say I fell into a perfect scenario for me and, yeah, I wouldn't. I made some great friends. I still talk to, and yeah, I wouldn't change it. Wouldn't change it at all. What a cool experience! I, I think that you know, like you said, it, it pushed you out of your comfort zone. And uh, I mean, anyone can do anything for a year, so that's pretty cool. I, I think that that's a yeah. unique just setup pop, that you all have. Pop away for a bit, but you know, 
we're a lot smaller country than you guys. If you guys got shipped halfway across your country, it'd be a bit, bit of a bit hey, of a, more a upheaval. big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's two, it was two hours on a train still from London, so it wasn't that oh, bad. Oh, yeah, that, that's not bad at all. Oh, that's not bad. I want to backtrack to what you were saying about having a mentor in dental school who was passionate and, and good at removable and how they instilled that to you uh, to kind of pick up those skills. What was yeah. that like for you in dental school to kind of learn about removable and continue to learn that after, you know, you graduated dental school? I mean, to, to be fair, I, I just love dentistry overall. I know I said earlier, I haven't done a root canal and I'm happy about it, but you know, in in third year i had that great tutor in removable and loved it and he i think you know taught me very well whether it was because we have similar communication styles or whatever so it sort of goes in better or what but then in fourth year i didn't like my removable teacher as much and it sort of went down the pecking order but then i had a great perio tutor and then i loved perio and i thought i was going to oh, be yes, perio yeah. kind of thing <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm very much one of those. I like deep dive into like one thing yeah, and yeah. sort of go down the rabbit hole. But uh, so and then during, and then fifth year it was sort of more wider restorative and endo came into it and that kind of thing. So and in my early years in practice, I really enjoyed endo as well. But it always came back round to the back round to the pros and, and particularly the removal, which is obviously uh, seen as more of a, a niche thing. Uh, it's the dark art or, or whatever it is that the that dark art. Say. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But I think um you know I think it just with this tutor he was just really um I think he just taught it in a really good way the basics and I say it with when I teach my courses or in the you know, posts that I do or videos that I do or whatever is I think actually it's not that difficult I think maybe we over stress it to ourselves but I think if you can really knuckle into the real core little basics of it at least for me, I feel I can then work out the more complicated cases of just always sort of strip away all the extra stuff that you're stressing about, which is probably true with a lot of dentistry. Just narrow in on nailing the basics and then actually you can work out the the rest of it. And I think that's what he really taught me uh, to sort of see the bigger picture of it. Very cool. I, I'm a removable fan. So I work in public health and obviously I do a, a lot of removable, uh, lot of, lots of extractions, lots of removable. And, and I agree. I think that there are a lot of basics that uh, kind of carry through a lot of different cases. And it's those complicated cases that take a little bit more work, but the basics, the foundation kind of can carry you through mm-hmm. um, those those complicated cases, at least at, at first. But what I really love that you share and something that I continue to learn is you have a lot of like pearls and, and tidbits that you've picked up probably um, from your practice that really, I mean, can really, really make a difference. And I, I think, you know, not having somebody here, I think if you don't have that mentor, it's hard to pick up those pearls. So I would love to know how you've picked up a lot of those uh, removable pearls along the way and what has helped you. Sure, I think, I mean, a big one is is social media, and that's obviously how we've connected here. Um, I, I, th- I think it's we're so fortunate as as young dentists, as new dentists. Um, you know, I'm I still count as your new dentist category. I'm six yes, years that's graduated, right, yeah. so that's good. <laughs> that's that's good. good. I forgot <laughs> to say that I graduated in 2017. Um, oh, okay. you know, so I think for for us at the start of our career, when we're very social media savvy as well and, and things like that you sort of it's just common place that you're going to learn stuff from it and I think so much of it is from that and you just see something 
and give it a try and see something else and try and reverse engineer it in impression technique or, or whatever. Um, so a lot of it's come from social media. And I think if we utilize that correctly as a, as a new dentist, I think it's a really powerful tool. Uh, I talk about it a fair bit on on my channel with various guests as well, that it's, you know, it's a double-edged sword and we've got to be a bit careful with it. Um, and then just, yeah, lots of YouTube, lots of random articles and things like that i'm not the best like quoter i'm, I'm the worst quoter of papers and things like that I'm, oh don't, me too, don't, yeah. don't ever ask me it's for in a there somewhere <laughs> but i sort of read it somewhere and i gave it a go yeah. and it worked and i've been doing it for two years now and it still works but i couldn't tell you where i first read it two years ago kind of thing so i, I just take a little bit from everywhere and i've been fortunate with uh, the contacts i've made with with my podcast and things like that that you know particularly in the uk at least i've got really good connections now with some of the best removable guys out there and well, a few guys over in in the states as well and and a few in australia and things so and then it's just messaging people it's it's you know sending a picture and saying what do you think of this and and discussing it and even so like in we're running a, a primary impression course here um in the uk and we've got a group with all the delegates that have been on and you know it's 60 odd people in that group now and every day someone's sending a message in and we're all sort of going in and saying, we'll try this next time, we'll try that. And I think just having that wider network really, really helps with it. Even if you're not literally going in every day, trying to get something out of it, you don't necessarily realize how much you're taking in from just seeing these bits around wherever it is. Did you ever have an interest of maybe going back to school and studying to specialize in prost? I am in September, yeah. You are? Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. That's cool. So <laughs> what got you there, obviously, other than, you know, being passionate about removable? Um, so I I've, I've applied last year as well. Um, I wanted to do it for a little while. I think just I just love the subject and want to learn it a bit more. And I think because of how I have learned the subject so far of, like we said, just sort of picking up little bits here and there, you you learn a lot, but then you've not ne- necessarily got the breadth of the knowledge. And I think it's true as well with our sort of postgraduate education that we do. You know, you go and do that composite course, and then maybe you do that occlusion bit and that veneer right. bit, and then and then and an, an endo course or whatever it is. And you sort of look at a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, but then you don't get that full sort of comprehensive bit because you're just sort of picking and choosing. Um, so I think the idea of getting that sort of forced teaching of everything uh, was the main main driver. But also in the in the practice that I'm at, I uh, say my my boss and mentor there is an implant pros- uh, prosthodontist, and you know, he wants to be doing more and more surgery and less and less restoring. So it's you know the next step doing from removable is doing you know full arch implant prosthesis. So sure. the, the plan I wanted to get that get that basis he's done the the mclin dent as we have it here uh, i'm not sure what you guys have in terms of the specialist um but yeah the mclin dent he did it 20 years ago um and it just seemed like the next progression to be able to then step up to that to that level well to answer your question we don't we don't technically have a, a specialty in implant dentistry we have um you just know peri- peri- yeah process and perio is pretty much all we really have yeah, we don't we don't and- hear either Oh, okay. Uh, what does uh, pros residency look like for you all? So it's a, or the bit I'm doing is a four year, four year course, three days a week in oh, cool. in, the, okay. in the hospital in the university. Uh, you can do it three days a week 
uh, three uh, sorry for three years, five days a week, so full time. Um, but that's generally just for uh, international students to, okay. to get to get it done quicker. So yeah, so from September I'll be doing two days in the practice, three days in the hospital. Uh, and you that, do that's pretty cool. Um, it her. allows you that that flexibility to still work and to learn at the same time. Is it only only full time option in the states? Is yeah, it? pretty much. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's a full time option. I think it's, I think it's three years, um, full time. So yeah, it, it's and that was uh, it for me. It just it wasn't feasible to be able to do a full time one. I need. Yeah, to, it's hard. Yeah, absolutely. So nice. So I'm looking forward to that in in September time. Ooh, I look forward to seeing the content that you uh, produce based on kind of your experiences <laughs> and stuff. Take us along on the journey. Yeah. <laughs> Behind the scenes in the lab for Behind hours the and hours on end. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, speaking of producing content, I would love if you talk a little bit about um, your podcast and Impression Club um, and the lives that you do on Instagram, which are, are really great with the different guests that you have. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, the whole thing's a complete accident. Um, that worked that worked out well and just kept it going. I mean, uh, the the impression club started as a bit of a joke hashtag between like two or three of people that I studied with, and someone just put our oh, hashtag impression club. Yeah, we <laughs> sort of tag each other in stories and some put impression club, and I was like, I'm stealing that. That's really good. Uh, so shout out to, to Sana, thanks Sana Sadiq. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I, I nicked that offer and. Uh, just sort of went with it and yeah sort of instagram for me only really started in sort of 2020 uh just sort of after covid lockdown kind of thing yeah before that i was just doing it just to look at people's work um i made a separate account because i realized when i was in my nhs practice seeing 40 patients a day not feeling like i was doing anything I was like, I don't want to see these really good Instagram dentists doing beautiful dentistry that I can't do because I'm only two years graduated, but also because I, I'm not in the place that facilitates me doing mm-hmm. that. So I made my dentist Rupert account to be able to just switch it off. If I want to go look at some teeth, I will. If I don't, I, I like photography and stuff. I'll go and look at all my landscape photographer friends from around the world or whatever. So that's why I started the social media. And then I never, I didn't post anything for about two years on it, I don't think, and just slowly started showing stuff. And then Impression Club happened. And then it all went a bit nuts with like one video that was a suction fit lower denture. And mm. I think it got like 75,000 different people saw it or something crazy. Wow. For, for me at the time, when I had like 800 followers, it was pretty nuts. Uh, and then within two months of that, it was like 5,000, 6,000. It was just going sort of up and up. And then the reason the podcast started was, again, by accident, because I was then getting lots and lots of messages all the time about pros, which is great. I love interacting with people like that. It's cool. You meet some cool people. But it very quickly dawned on me that I was getting asked the same like four questions (laughs) over and over and over again. And I was like, as much as I'm enjoying this, it's getting a little bit tedious now. So uh, I spoke to my technician at the time, Ricardo, who was in the very first episode. And I said, let's just pick like five of our patients and let's just do a video at a time where we will just discuss like the whole case start to finish and we'll pick them so that it's got a complete denture, a partial denture, a chrome denture, you know, a bilateral free and saddle and a fibrous ridge or an immediate denture or something like that. I was like, and then I can just be like, hi, yeah, thanks. Go and watch video number three. That's right. Yeah. Refer to. <laughs> refer to refer to 12 minutes and 48 seconds into yes. this video. Uh, so that was the plan. And we did then the very first one on 
on sort of communication, actually, like dentist, clinician, uh, dentist, technician communication. Uh, and then a bunch of people, and it was awful. Please, anyone listening to this, do not go back and watch it because <laughs> it's just horrendous. Uh, I think I'm on like episode like 107 or something now, and it's a, it's a lot more polished than the first few. It was dreadful. So don't go and watch that episode. It was good, though. Um, but a few people wrote back and thought, oh, that was really good. You should do it something else. And there was a, a, a British dentist that you guys should all check out called Alan, uh, Alan Bergen, the Cornish dentist from Cornwall. Um, and he was like, oh, that was really good. You should do it on something else. And I was like, Haha, okay, do you want to do one then? Because he was like a much bigger account than, than me at this time. And he was like, yeah, right, that'd be really fun. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and then that was it. And then I had it, we did it on Gothic Arch Tracing and it just sort of went from there. And then it went from me trying to get out of sending DMs to, yeah, 100, 100 plus episodes, people from all over the UK and I've had from America and Holland and Australia and New Zealand and all sorts of stuff, India. Um, so, yeah, so it's just it just sort of came out of out of nowhere really but yeah you know, i love i love doing it and uh yeah it's the well, same as yourself you know it's great to just have these conversations meet these people yeah, super and fun. you get so much more out of it than than you realize i think as well but, oh, yeah, so oh, just a sure, happy yeah. happy mistake really happy accident. I, I, I gotta say they have become more polished i don't think i saw the first one but i saw some of the earlier ones because they're they're around this time which is great because it's it's lunchtime for me here and so i've i've tuned in on a few and i i saw a few recently that were on your page and they're like they're really nice i mean they're very different than where you first started i feel like it's more uh, more polished like you said um more refined which is really really cool well no, I had to... the first ones weren't so Oh no, they were they were dreadful. Uh, no, they no, were I, good. They were good. It's just a different, <laughs> different style now, you know. Yeah, I had a, I had a guy on the other the other week who had been on I don't know episode like twenty or something, and he said it within like five, like five minutes. Like, oh, just on the thing, he's like, "Mate, this is just so much so much slicker than it was before." And I was like, "I've done like a hundred since we last on that." Like, it's, it does. It, you, it, you've put your ten thousand hours in. I've done my. T- I nearly have to be fair. I reckon it yeah, won't sure, be far off. Surely, surely. <laughs> uh, you mentioned something, and I, I think I saw the video, but and I've seen other videos as well. But that suction on that lower denture. Tell us about that technique. Um, it's a bit of luck, to be fair. Don't uh, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, but I think key thing like with lower lower suction is yeah a bit of luck but then just trying to get that functional impression right so i think the the main thing i said we run a primary impression course just a whole day on primary impressions and when we first put it together we're like this is absolutely nuts there's no way we can do a one day course on primary impressions and yet every time we do it it gets to 5:30 and people have still got loads to do and they want to keep going mm-hmm. and we're like no you've got to you've got to go home because I want to go home um <laughs> you know and it's amazing how how actually like nuanced even just that that is but you know we go on at that appointment or that course about really uh, overextending that impression and making it far bigger than your denture will actually be um to find all of the right Landmarks. So I say, I say on the course, I say, well, you know, it's a the primary impression is like your picture frame. All you care about is that outside border. Don't worry about any of the detail in the middle. You're going to paint your picture with your secondary impression. That's the detail. That's the important bit. But I think the issue then comes is that people talk about rolled borders and all of this and the big fat borders, and then they think that's what they need in their secondary mm-hmm. impression. Mm-hmm. 
which isn't the case. Yeah, if you if you if you're replicating your primary impression big roll borders in your secondary, it's going to be overextended. It's going to be outside that functional sulcal space, and you're not going to get any any suction. Or if you do, it'll last for about two seconds until the patient says "ooh," and then they'll push it out. So it's appreciating what you're looking for in the primary impression versus the secondary. But if you get that good first first impression, so that you can see all the landmarks, or your technician can. One the, the good ones that you want to get for the lowers, you know, we want to get into that lingual space. Uh, we want to make sure we get right back to the retromolar pads that you can compress onto uh, and get a nice broad base as well over the buckle shelves, like the stabilizers on a bike. If you can capture all those things and then find the bad stuff as well, where the tongue is, where the frenal attachments are, uh, then your technician can make sure your tray is away from that. And then getting a nice thin bordered secondary impression that's then accurate uh, is not overextended uh, because then it's going to exist within the functional space that there is and you know there's there's a post on my page really 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 far down of like an inverted lower ridge like there's literally no height at all um, but mm-hmm. that had suction because it was operating within this functional prosthetic envelope so if you sort of play by those rules and then have a little bit of luck on the side and a good technician that finishes it all up properly then, then you're absolutely fine. I've lost you like uh, an old-school so VCR. Sorry. That was exciting. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Th- throwing it back, throwing it back. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so it's it's just existing in that in that correct space. Uh, I, you know, I love dentistry because it's such an art, but the way that you just explained dentures, you made them look, <laughs> you made them sound phenomenal. But it is really, I mean, it, it's more than it's just, It's the accent, though, know, isn't it? It's the accent. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But it's more than just, you know, slabbing material and taking an impression. It's kind of looking for those landmarks and treating the tissue appropriately to capture what you need uh, to allow your technician to kind of help you build a product that is successful for your patient. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's when, you know, it's, I was, I made the joke on the course of, I remember back in third year in that great tutor Andreas is coming over and you know he's going to check your impression I'm staring I'm like I haven't got a clue what I'm looking at here yeah yeah I, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if it's any good and actually that's some of the biggest feedback from our course is people go actually I know what I'm actually looking at and looking for now and even if I was capturing it before I didn't even know that I was capturing it before and if I wasn't I wasn't aware that I wasn't capturing it so it's knowing what to look for and nailing that anatomy and I've got I've got posts about that and then when you get to the secondary is make sure you capture it but then I think the biggest thing is looking at the outside of the impression tray because we obsess with the fitting surface right but actually those flanges and the outer surface of the tray wrapping around is actually technically an impression of what your flange should be like and that's why it's got to be nice and thin and skinny you know if if essentially you look you hold your impression upwards like my pictures and then tilt it away from you you should be able to look at that and it should look like the top of the denture. If it's if it doesn't, then it's it's too big, it's it's too thick, and then your technician's guessing where that cheek is gonna be. So I think that's the really underrated bit is we always focus on that fitting surface, but we forget the flange. And you know, we always get told about the way we get retention of tuberosities and whatever, but we always forget about the muscle action on the flanges. And actually that's the I think that's the biggest thing, really. Is, yeah, if it fits decent, it's going to hold in there. But the real successful denture wearers are those that are able to control it with their cheeks and their tongue and things like that. And right. you know, that's that's how you actually get the success. So don't ever forget about about that part. And of course, that's where 
saying that experienced denture wearers that's a bit we overlook as well actually is that sometimes I've, I've had patients come in and I go oh this is going to be a home run because their lower dentures this tiny thing and it's literally floating around and the patient's like oh no I just want you to fix my top one that's yeah that's they, bit, they love it and you're like how but they're they, you know they're a, they're an expert they're an expert denture wearer um and sometimes we we forget about that side of it as well Yes. Yeah. I, I think that patients getting accustomed to it and, and really, you know, shaping it to be their own um, goes a long way as well to patient selection, I would say, is also part of it, mm. um, at least from, from my experiences. But muscles are very strong. You know, muscles can dislodge a denture very easily. So you got to incorporate them, bringing, bring them into your workflow when you're building a denture because they can make or break you, in my opinion, as well. Absolutely. Well, Rupert, when are you going to drop that online course? we get asked about it all the I time yeah, we get asked about all the time and i don't know it's difficult because the you know the impression course that we do it's a whole as i say it's a whole day but we probably spend no more than an hour of that day actually with a with a keynote on the screen yeah it's talk for a bit straight into the clinic and we're doing impressions on each other have a coffee, come back, talk for a little bit more, go and do another yeah. type of impression on each other. And then the afternoon, it's here's 10 scenarios of edentulous and partials on you know, models. This is how we would do it. This is how we'd do it if you're doing it with compound. Off you go for two hours kind of thing. You know, there's very little sort of context. So I think how can we give that same – if we can give the same value that we give with the in-person right. course online, then great. I don't think you can. But if we can get something that's not awful, then uh, well, you'll be the first to know. Don't worry. Oh, I, I will for sure be there. I, I will be part of that course uh, for sure. Well, we before we wrap up, I, I would love to know what you do for fun um, in, in London and what life is like out there. Uh, it's I mean it's, it's it's a bit expensive at the moment. The UK is all over the place. Um, ah. But uh, that's I, I like uh, doing a bit of photography. Um, that's my my sort of hobby. I've been a bit lazy with it lately because I've been doing too much photography of plastic teeth instead. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a bit of bit of photography and and just sort of. I mean, London's are just a great city just to be sort of hanging out in and. Uh, um, Weirdly hanging out with just a lot of dentists. That's the thing with social, social media dentists. You just find loads of you around and you're just hanging out yep. with them all the time, uh, which not is great thing. fun. It's not a bad oh, thing at all. Okay. Again, okay. again, you're, yeah. you're learning so much there. But uh, yeah, well, I'm not taking pictures of teeth. I like to be taking pictures of some landmarks or some some cool. landscapes uh, or trying to get a bit of traveling. I'm off to, off to South Korea in, in September just before I start nice. the course for a little break. Uh, I'll try and I'll try and tie it in with with a, an America trip just to just to run a course maybe that could be the yes ma- please ma- do maybe, maybe that'll be I've been uh, yes yeah I've been I've been speaking to a couple of people about it so maybe Ooh, uh, maybe okay. it's a thing maybe it's a okay thing. who knows all right we'll we'll have to tune in and hopefully it won't be too far and uh, I can pay a visit or something that that would be really cool that'd be great. Rupert, well, I appreciate you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with me and, and our listeners. And if our listeners would like to connect with you, what's the best way? Uh, best way, social media, Instagram. Uh, I had threads for about three minutes and got bored of it. So just go for Instagram. At uh, Dentist Rupert is the best way. If you want to check out the podcasts, they're available on, I think, every major podcast platform, the Impression Club Live podcast uh, and my website, impressionclub.co.uk as well. It's got information about courses and things. And if we do an online course, that's where you would find it. Um, but it's also got links to some of the older episodes as well. Um, but yeah, drop me a 
drop me a DM, slide into those DMs. I'd love, That's to, right. love to chat to some of you, <laughs> a few listeners. Instagram University is so real and your page oh, yeah. is, in, in my opinion, one that uh, I, I gain true value from. So I highly encourage our listeners to go check it out, um, you, especially if, you, if you're interested in removable dentures and getting better in that skill. It's a lot of fun, uh, I, I would say. If you're not interested in removable dentures, well done for hanging around for 30 minutes and don't come on my page because it's only dentures apart from the <laughs> apart from the podcast episode. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. If you, yes. if you, if you so don't, don't like dentures, yeah. stick to the middle column with everyone else's faces on that isn't mine, and they're probably not talking about dentures there. Oh, very good. That's that's great. <laughs> I love that. Rupert, well, thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hope you enjoy the rest of your lunch. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of New Dentists on the Block. If you'd like to connect with Dr. Rupert Monkhouse, you can find him on Instagram at Dentist Rupert. Be sure to tune into his podcast, Impression Club Live, and check out his newsletter on his website, impressionclub.co.uk. If you would like to connect with New Dentists on the Block, you can find us on Instagram at New Dentists on the Block. If you have a new dentist that you would like to recommend for the podcast, be sure to send an Instagram message to at New Dentists on the Block. And don't forget, you can connect with me on Instagram at tsmaestas.dds. We'll catch you next time.